everybody. What's going on? It's Thursday, February 12th, 2015, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. My name is Steve Say, and this evening I'm joined by Rob Newmeyer. Hi. And Justin Townsend. Hello. And that's it. No Jackie. No Jackie this week. Jackie is out watching her son tickle the ivories. Hey, woo. And uh, Luke, we know that you play very well, but wish you the best of luck anyway. We're sure that you're going to kill it at your, uh, what is what is exactly? Recital. Recital. Jackie doesn't let Luke listen to this show. There's no way. Yeah, but she might listen to it. Oh, well, then there you go. So it'll, it'll She'll warm pass her on heart the sentiment. To, to know that we're thinking of her. Uh, so this week we will not be talking about the weather, but instead we'll be discussing topics such as the games we played this week. Uh, the notion of Zelda making its live-action debut as part of a series on Netflix, while also sharing with you the names of a few games we'd love to see get the live-action serialized treatment, as well as field some of your listener feedback and questions to close out the show. Uh, but, as is tradition on the show, we're just going to get right into the game stuff, because the weather's been kind of tame. So yeah, come back yeah, next. Come back next come week. Come back next. It's supposed <laughs> to get to like three degrees tomorrow. So. Well, it better not. It better not do anything on Friday because I'll f- freak out. Um, I won't be on the show next week. Kalu, Calais. I'll be out in uh, Canada visiting my girlfriend and taking a little bit of a vacation. But everybody else will be here holding it down. Uh, Jackie will be back, and we will have a hell of a show for you then as well. So uh, let's actually let's start off the show with a little uh, talk about Battlefield. You guys. Both, both Rob and Justin have been playing it, right? Yes. So what's up with that? I haven't. I downloaded it, tried to get into it, and it would not load for me, and that was it. I gave up. That's interesting. Yeah, that that is weird. Well, I mean, my my friend tried to do. I, I went to take a shower, and he picked up the control, and it worked fine for him. So it might have just been a uh-huh. thing, but I didn't get to play it. Okay, I, I guess I'll start because you're more of a seasoned Battlefield person. Uh, I mean, the last Battlefield that that I had any kind of fun with was Battlefield 3. I skipped 4 altogether. And I had absolutely no expectations coming into this game. Zero. Zilch. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun uh, for for like nothing at all. I went in and they had what? They had one map, two maps, three maps? Three maps, right? They had the Dust two, Bowl. No, uh, two maps. Oh, three maps. Yep, three maps. Yeah. Uh, a heist map, a dust ball map that had like a big, large battlefield, uh, battle kind of feel, and then uh, a city. Downtown. What do they call? Yeah, what, but for, what do they call? Heists? When you, yeah, do, when, no, the cars. It was just called downtown. It was like just a, like a city map with okay. multiple levels to it, a couple of bridges, and. Uh, so that was my second favorite mode. Um, basically, it's like a control point style map. And the control points are moving cars. So that's cool. Oh my God, it's great. So your team wants to get in cars A through E and keep control of that car while driving at a high speed as long as possible. Uh, You have rocket launchers being shot at you. You have, yeah, people like uh, Justin was doing a stream. My uh, first ever. First one up. Uh That was your first? Yeah, I'd never streamed before. Ah. I figured I should start with Hardline. It was really, it was, it was intense. It was really cool to watch. Um, like I said, I didn't get to play it, but it looked like a lot of fun. Oh, that car mode is absolutely insane. It's what I'm selling people on the game because uh, you weren't on the other night, and I had two other friends who were like, "Nah, no, no." And I was like, "No, just I'm telling you, like, download this, download the beta. It's free. It was free." 
and I was like, just come try this mode. And both of them were like, we don't like the game, but this mode is enough to like, we were thinking about buying it just to keep playing this this one mode. Is the beta over? Yeah, it's over. Yeah, ended, yeah, uh, it ended Monday. Monday. When's the uh, when's the release? March, middle of March, March 16th 10th, or 17th. Yeah, somewhere around there. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, so you have four classes. Uh, you could be an engineer, a professional, which is like a sniper. Uh, then they have a medic and... Yeah, they renamed the classes from the operator, previous Battlefield game. The other so one? It's op- um, basically, it's medic, like support, um, your sniper class, and what would the other one be classified as? Like a mechanic. Yeah. So they they, they, they kind of had switched some stuff up around from previous Battlefield games. But keep going, Rob. Tell me, like, I, w- I was so surprised that you jumped in and liked this. Uh-huh. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not one for let's say 5v5 or 4v4 matches or anything like this, but being able to get lost in the, the size of the parties, uh, you know, like 20 on 20 or 25 on 25. Yeah, it's something I wasn't, I, I never had given thought to before, but it makes a ton of sense. Uh-huh. That, that's what I liked about it because How you're- How big was it? You're, you're playing like 20 people against 20 people or- Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, wait a minute. I remember that being like a, a, a feature they were uh, talking about when they first announced that 60, game. Well, for Battlefield 4, it was the jump from 3 was, I think, it was 8 on 8 in Battlefield 3 uh-huh. to um, like 64-player matches. Or maybe it was Whoa. 16, it was 16 on 16. It was a 32-player map in Battlefield 3, I think, for their conquest modes and for some of their other stuff. And it made the jump to 64, so double the size. Yeah, uh-huh. I was when, when I was watching you play, I was absolutely just floored by the... Uh, size of the maps i'd never i've never played battlefield oh those maps the those maps aren't big those aren't anything yeah yeah, in battlefield 4 the maps are ridiculously big how much is battlefield 4 now like 15 bucks probably 15 20 bucks (laughs) that's awesome cool yeah that i don't know i i still don't have any interest in four though like did you play a lot of four i played hundreds of hours of three and i probably played i don't know like maybe like 40 hours of four Mm -hmm. my problem with four was that um it was broken it was super broken in the beginning. Three times it deleted my single-player campaign. Ooh. In the middle, like, halfway through the campaign, uh, campaign, I would save. The next day, I would go back to it and be like, start a new campaign. Three different times. So, the finally, the, the, the fourth time, I was like, the hell with it. And I just sat down, and I just plowed through just the game. Listed, yeah. yeah. Um, Is it fixed now? Now it's fixed, yeah. Um, it, for me, it was just like, I was so used to three and just having my spots and just knowing, like, Okay, like this guy's gonna do this. Uh, if I stay at this corner, I know people are gonna run around here. The problem with four was it's very chaotic, and I'm a guy who likes to like. I don't like to play snipes. Um, I like to be up mixing it up, mm-hmm. and so you could be really good at four. Like I could get, you know, I, I'm taking a base and I've just killed five guys, six guys, and there are three more guys there that are shooting at me. It's just like for me, it was like overwhelming in a way. And besides, when I was playing it, there were so many problems with it. Um, yeah. They were, you know. Bullets were actually doing double damage, like things that like if your game is doing like it's like red flags all over the place because you're ruining the integrity of the game. Right. Like tons of people are like that guy killed me that he shouldn't have been able to kill me. Like and people will throw that excuse out all over the place. I've done it. Everyone's done it where you're saying like this guy's doing more damage than I am. Battlefield 4 was actually doing that. Oof. What about it's- that Megalodon though? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Battlefield games are known for having, like, all sorts of, like, cool, interesting things. And Hardline's no different. Mm-hmm. Hardline has, uh, if you would, like, be shooting your gun to, like, an empty clip, well, I think it was, like, one out of every 10,000 times, 
Oh, all the weird reload animations. There's weird reload. There's weird reload animations where it's like you're using the force to reload your gun, <laughs> or you're trying to re, uh, reload your rocket launcher and you're trying to shove it in. It's like oh, you're like putting it in the wrong way, so then you like flip it up in the air and catch it. My favorite one is um, there was one where you go to reload and like a third hand comes from like uh, from like kind of off the screen to hand you the ammunition, drop it in your hands. Oh, that's cool. There was one where you're reloading a magnum and the guy's just like flicking the bullets in like all different directions in his hand and he just keeps catching it with the gun. It was just like not expected. And that's what ba- like that Dice is awesome. really good at is just throwing this Easter egg stuff in there. Uh-huh. I like that. Well, keep going, Rob. I mean, we, we sidetracked for a bit, but go no, ahead. No, that's fine. Um so yeah, basically the control point stuff was was my second favorite. Uh, first is definitely the big map battle, the the big dust bowl. I can't believe you like it. Like oh I was so God. surprised. <laughs> so either sides, the cops or robbers, starting on either side of the map. Um, it's a big city, like in the middle of a desert, basically, and there's a dust storm rolling in, and I had so much fun just. You know, jumping right on a motorcycle, driving to a snipe point. Getting jump bucks. Yep. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> like you can get like stunt bonuses, but you're not really doing stunts. You're just jumping. So we call them jump bucks. And Thanks, Nick. that'll, yeah, that'll give you basically experience points and raise your level and stuff. Um, but yeah, I would just go to a little mountainside and um, and sit there and pull out my sniper rifle and you get spotting bonuses so if you see like an enemy chopper coming you could tag them and it'll show up if anyone's looking around there'll be like a, a, a marker red, yeah. a marker on it so they know that it's a bad guy coming um or like if there's guys running down the street i'll sit there and tag them and you know you get your spotting bonus and that mm-hmm. way it's easier for someone just to turn a corner and be like okay there they are um oh, so you can paint them basically yeah, yeah. okay battlefield games are known for that uh mm. And and it's just so satisfying doing that and getting like a headshot from three quarters of a way across from the map. Mm-hmm. I was shooting copters down. I was hitting their pilots and like nice. the copter would just fall down and oh so fun. How did it play? Like was it did it feel it's, it feels different than a battlefield game and I talked about this with a couple of guys on Twitter. It's a little slow. For me you felt it was slow? I felt it was fast. No, I, I felt it was a little a little bit sl- slower. I had to like totally raise up the sensitivity. Oh, you're talking about like sensitivity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And usually, I never have to do that. It, their aiming is a little bit. It was probably a little bit slow if uh, compared to maybe like something that you would like. But I felt that the game was faster paced than any other Battlefield game I played before. You could actually by switching to your second weapon, you can move faster. That's like a whole new thing. And I felt just from playing previous Battlefield games that. I was getting shot and killed quicker. It feels like they just—they might have changed a couple of things where it's like you're taking a little bit less less damage to go down. Uh huh. Three, battle, three battle, seemed very fast. I don't know. Battle, like, I, I, like that was the one with the underground train station. Yeah, stuff. Metro that, stuff. But that, I felt like in that one you could take you could take a couple hits and get away and get away. Because I that's mean, true. I, you could definitely take like two or three bullets and get away. And it felt like two or three bullets in here was like you're done. It felt like mm. everything was a headshot. Now, to be fair. The previous Battlefield betas have all played like that. They've all definitely played like uh, they were more Call of Duty based. And I remember when Battlefield 3 came out, people on Kotaku were saying, this is strange, like Battlefield games usually don't have this, but you're dying very quickly. And it has a Call of Duty feel to it. I distinctly remember Kotaku having articles about it. And then it didn't play that way when the game actually came out. Right. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But I felt like even with that, it was still so much fun. Are you confident that when it comes out that it's going to 
be solid, that it's going to play well. I mean, I, that granted, that's not something that we can know. Like, it might come out and it might be buggy, but based on the beta, do you feel like it's I mean, ready I didn't to really, come out? Yeah, I didn't really see much in the beta to, to you know, uh, throw me off. Like, I wasn't seeing the things I saw in Battlefield 4. I mean, Dice and Visceral doing this together. So, and I right. mean, Dice knows that they screwed up really bad with Battlefield 4, so they can't they can't have a misstep here. Right. Um, I mean, I... I, I I enjoyed it. Like it surprised me. Like I was so turned off of Battlefield because of Battlefield Four that I wasn't really even gonna give Hardline a second look. Right. Uh and then you know you see the open beta and you're like, ah, what the hell? I'll just I'll download it. And that first night I was playing, I was enjoying everything. Like I liked the heist mode. I liked, mm-hmm. you know, having that cops versus robbers feel where yeah. you're trying to get the bags. And you know, I mean we talked about this last week. It's it's game game types you've played before but they just spin it in a different way right and so that was i mean that was enjoyable but i mean far and away i thought the most fun for everybody was the stealing the cars mode and just hanging having people literally hanging out of cars shooting grenade launchers at each other and yeah i mean from a from a spectator's point of view um i mean that was probably the first time that i ever really watched anybody like consciously watch somebody on my second screen um streaming anything and it was a lot of fun just to watch it, you know, like the hanging out of this, uh, the car. And then I think somebody got clipped and you got like just launched right out of the passenger side. Yeah. Like, Where'd you go? Where'd you go? And you had to like go and uh, you swung around to pick them up off the street. They were already dead. Oh, well, I was jumping out of cars, but like until you get used to the buttons, mm-hmm. uh, I was hitting the wrong button all the time. I and still was hitting the wrong button the last night we played. Like, oh, uh, I want to switch seats. Uh, or, ju- no, I wanna, jumping out of the car by mistake yeah, was, or switching seats was the worst. With, trying while to get driving, out. yeah. Oh, my God. You'd be like port to the back seat and the mm. car would stop in the middle of the road and you'd get blown up. I will say this. Uh, Battlefield. What Battlefield does, I think, better than any other multiplayer shooter is by making you feel that you're contributing to the team without necessarily maybe having a great kill-death ratio. Okay. Battlefield does that better than anything. Because, I mean, Rob talked about it before. You know, you're playing a 4v4, a 5v5, a 6v6. Like, you're the only thing that really matters there is your kill-death ratio. Even in games like Destiny, where it's like, oh, cool, I, I captured a bunch of control points. But without getting the kills, it's not really going to help you. Mm-hmm. But you can come in first place in a Battlefield game and not kill a single person. Mm-hmm. And right. you could die 12 times. Right. I mean, we were playing with Andy the other night. And I think Andy came in first one map. on, on We were doing that, that heist mode. No, not, not heist. Um, the hot wire mode. The car mode. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like one in four, but what he did so well was he never drove the cars. He stayed in the car with me and he had his repair tool out. And while we were getting peppered by grenades or from a, a, from a copter shooting, all he was doing was occasionally shooting grenades to help damage other cars mm-hmm. and just keeping his healing tool on, on our car so that we, we could stay in there pretty much the entire map, which is like a feat in itself. But yeah, he ended up with like 15,000 points for the round and barely, he killed one person. So like it, it makes you feel like you know what like I'm really not good at the moment to moment aim down the sights shoot other people, right. but I'm really good at the support stuff. Like I'm really good at throwing down health when people need it, or following people around and being like these dudes are staying here sniping. They're gonna need ammo. Let me put the ammo pack down here if you're okay. playing that class, or I'm doing the sniping class. Like Rob was saying, like you know I might not be the best at shooting anybody, but I can aim and like be like this guy's here, 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 and helps other people do that. And every time you do that. So even if you're not killing people, every time you do anything in that game, you get an assist, you aim at a person, you you mm-hmm. know, you stay in a car, you're getting money. And that money is used to help you buy scopes, okay. grips, guns. So people like bolstering the party are now a part of are an equal part of the game. Exactly. I That's mean, cool. you 
I mean, you don't have to be able to be able to shoot people to help win in this game. That's really cool. Take territories. You do what your class is designed to do. Like my class is designed to heal people. So if I'm like, if I see a, a dude dead on the ground, I, it's beneficial for the entire team, all 25 players in the match, for me to run over there and mm-hmm. put a med pick, uh, put a med kit down, or or res him with a defibrillator. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so good at that. I wish other multiplayer shooters could incorporate more stuff like that, where it's like. Best kill, best kill death ratio doesn't always have to win. Is that usually what you like doing? Because I'm I'm usually if I play like a group game like that, it's a rare occasion. But when I do, I always go medic. Well, the medic class is weird because the medic class is also your frontline class. Ooh. So your medic class is the guy who you is gonna be the guy mixing it up because he's the one that starts with an assault rifle. Yeah. And then the other classes start with like a submachine gun. I'm not sure what the support class starts as. I think they. the shotguns in the game were ridiculous, but one of the friends who was playing it was running around with a shotgun most of the time. And then your sniper class would start with a sniper. Mm-hmm. So it's a game that it, it, it's weird because it's like it's a you know the battlefield games are like hard to, hardcore military shooters, mm-hmm. but they're also made to make it if you're not into that hardcore but still want to contribute to a big team setting, you could do whatever you want and it's going to help the team. Yeah, because right. once once I got used to how the cars handle, uh, mm-hmm. by the second third night. I think there was, you know, two or three games in a row where I came in first because, cool. you know, you just, you get in the car, you follow your path, and, you know, you, you kind of know where the guys are going to set up and, and plant uh, mines or or stand on top of buildings and shoot rockets at you, like, as you're going down, like, a, a valley of, of tall skyscrapers. And, you know, so you avoid those areas and you just right. kind of cut in and out of like parking garages and over bridges and nice. jump off of bridges and stuff. And as long as you stay in your car and you're driving, the longer you drive that one car, your points, points just you get. build yep. up, build up, build and up. And your cash builds up and your experience builds up and you mm-hmm. keep leveling. I got to level 40. Wow. In the beta. Um, all right. So I've got two questions because um, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to Battlefield. I've never played them. Um First person or third person? First. Okay. Except you, when you're driving, you could go to third. You could stay in first or go to third. Okay. I always need to be in third. Driving. Yeah, I can't drive. I can't drive in first person. Um, and the other thing is, um, oh, I forgot. Um, I got distracted because I was trying to signal to Rob about mm. something. Um, what is like? Are you are you in for this? Are you gonna pick it up? Yes. In March. Yep. Okay. Wow. You're not really like aside from Destiny. You're not really hole into the multiplayer. That's why I well, was so surprised. See, even Destiny, I didn't like going into the, the Crucible type stuff. So, hmm. Yeah, the arms are, are moving. My arms are making noise. Yeah, that's what's going on. That's what vibrating that, the that table. sound is, yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, so so even with the Crucible stuff, I, I never enjoyed it because because of, you know, that the small teams, I, I just, I don't know. I don't get into that. Now, now that I have you both here, let me ask you a question because you... You mentioned Destiny before. Where are we at with Destiny? Are you still playing? Every once in a while, I jump on and do something. I'm on a break right now. Okay. We're on a little bit of a break. Um, like I, I, I've hit the level cap with Destiny. Um, the one thing I really want to do is I want to get that flawless Raider trophy. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is right now, and I mean, Kotaku also had this article was like hardcore Destiny players are hitting a wall. I mean, they just on Activision's earning call, I said Destiny has 16 million. Uh, user accounts mm-hmm. and players uh, the players that are playing is like I, I think out of that was like a, an extraordinary number out of that 16 million are still playing and they're averaging three hours a day I mean wow. De- Bungie was right about the hooks but like the hardcore guys who've put hundreds of hours in they're hitting a wall right now because there's really not much to do you've already beaten the hard you've already beaten the raid on hard mm-hmm. um, 
you know, there's now like most people have already has all all the new weapons maxed out. There's not going to be new content until somewhere between April and June, I think. Oh wow! And then the next supposedly in the fall, there's a significant um, release coming, like a probably a very very big expansion coming. Um, years ago, when when that um, plan for Destiny was was leaked, mm-hmm. they said they were going to bridge games by having big content well like it sounds like what's coming in the fall is going to be like a huge piece of content that'll bridge to whatever the sequel to destiny is uh but yeah like i'm looking forward to going back in and getting that flawless raider trophy if i get that flawless uh if i get that trophy i'm going to go back in and then max out the other two subclasses and -hmm. then i'll have the platinum for the game but that's a hard trophy to get and trying to coordinate with people right now because it feels like everyone that at least i've been playing with has taken a break from the game and is from branching out list, and trying like yeah it. like i used to go on my friends list and like you know 40 something people will be on and the vast majority of them are playing destiny and now i'm seeing it's an every people... two it's an every tuesday thing because every tuesday the new rate like the raid resets people can go in and try and get that the nightfall resets the weeklies reset so everyone mm-hmm. bangs that out pretty much in one night and it's like all right well then well you know if we're not playing other games like dying light or hardline or evolve We'll we'll meet back here in a week and we'll do it again. Right. Because when I signed on last night, uh, last night seven out of seven eight people were playing it. Oh, okay. So I mean, right now I'm on a break until I get that trophy. Cool. And then I'll be waiting for the next release. I've gotten my money's worth out of it for right now. Yeah. So until House of Wolves, that's the next one. Yeah, that's yeah. the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So until that, then I'm I'm cool. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of stuff. Um, Bungie saying that they're going to address like a lot of the issues that people have brought to them, and they're going to try to like revamp the uh the item system just to make sure that the people that are playing it hardcore have something to yeah. look forward to and something to do. One of the developers was on Reddit. I think it was Reddit um a couple of weeks ago and uh, like it was like late at night he like posted like hey look like like and in like a very honest looking post like we screwed up. Like we screwed up with uh the dark below. You know, we get the feedback. At least what's good about them is that it's, apparently they're very transparent. You know, they they hear what the community's saying They've made some huge mistakes. They, they're they fixing things that really don't need to be fixed or that shouldn't be the focus on being fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing things that are hurting the player instead of like helping the player. So like, yeah, there are glitches in the game that help the player, but there's also really bad glitches in the game that go against the player and they're fixing the, the, the ones that the players don't want. Like, right. Prioritize better. But yeah, like... I didn't even realize about that heavy ammo thing until I read I thought about that was, it. I, I thought that was actually just part of their system. Oh my god, that's crazy! What's up with that? In the new raid, um, Actually, is it only hard mode? No, it's it, it's regular mode. It's too? no, it, this glitches for everything. Oh, it's just dying period. It's just dying period. Oh, okay. So what's you, the glitch? You lose heavy amount ammo of your heavy heavy ammo. If you have something that gives you extra heavy ammo, like a piece of armor that like yeah. plus two to heavy ammo, or like you'll find extra heavy ammo every time you die, you lose heavy ammo. So for the hard raid, heavy ammo is extremely important. I would imagine so. So. Uh, you have to buy those packs of heavy ammo. So it'll be like, well, I just used one and say you do you wipe within 30 seconds, which is very possible with how glitchy that last raid is. Something stupid could happen and you could all wipe. Well, now instead of having seven rockets, you have four or two or it usually drops by like two or three, but you can't use another one for five minutes. So you'd be like, well, I'm kind of like, if we're like, if you get deep, like, say you get deep into the next run, you're like, oh, I'm out of heavy ammo. I need heavy ammo to help take down Crota. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a known, like, for me, I always thought that was just part of their system. Right. Like, I, I never gave it a second thought. Like, oh, this is dumb, but this is what they want. And then I found out like, oh no, this is just an actual glitch they haven't fixed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. Weird. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but this is a problem that MMOs go through. Like, people get burnt out on MMOs after hundreds of hours of playing, and then they wait for the next content release. Like, at a certain point, you have nothing else to do. True. Mm-hmm. And you could just do things for fun. I, I, I still know friends who are just going in and doing missions just because they enjoy doing it, and it's just now part of their daily routine. People do that with MMOs all the time, and then yeah, when, right. the new, when the new content comes back, people come running to get right back to Destiny. That's why I'm dreading. I still, my friend Matt in Massachusetts, um, we always jump back into World of Warcraft when a new oh boy something hits, and this is the first time that on day one of a new drop that we, that we didn't jump in, and at least once every two weeks he texts me and he's like, "Is it time yet?" Like, <laughs> no, no, not yet. So soon. Damn. No, I mean not to no, not to to harp on Destiny for too much longer, but I have a question. When I, in my attempts to try and get back into the game and catch up with people and stuff like that, I would go in. I would do like the daily strikes. Do you know why? Like, I was running into a problem where I was having to do the same mission like three times in a row. Like, there was one mission where at the end you had to take out this giant tank that was mm-hmm. at the bottom of like a cavern. Mm-hmm. I fought that everyone thing, hates that like, thing three times in a row. Why is that? Well, what were you doing? Were you doing the this like on the side of on the side of the screen? There is the the daily, the weekly, the nightfall, and whatever. I was on the world map, and I chose. See, the thing is, like, if you want to just gain rep in that game really quickly, you would go to the the strike playlist where you choose, like, okay, that's, what level do I want to play? And then yeah. it will throw you into, like, a playlist. That just must have, must have been a random thing because I've never played the same one twice, let alone three times in a row. Yeah, no, like, it was – I and I was even playing with people, and we were all kind of like, what is going on? It's strange. I would have just exited and went back in because they'll just instantly throw you back into another one. Yeah, the only time that happened – well, playing the same map of something was uh, Hugh and I a couple of weeks ago. We're playing Control, and we did the Mars one four times in a row. It was the weirdest thing. Oh yeah, sometimes they're multi well multiplayer maps. Sometimes you'll get like where it's just like stuck on one map for a while. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, so I played something this week about the only thing that I actually did get to play. I played a little bit of Dying Light. Still really enjoying it. Um, didn't really make a whole lot of progress. I maybe um two more missions in the story and. You know, things are starting to heat up a little bit, starting to make a couple more weapons. And, and uh, I got to the new area, which is a, smaller than the first area. Aesthetically, I like how it looks, though. Yeah, no, it's cool. I like I like the, the bouncing from rooftop to rooftop. And I absolutely love kicking zombies off of the rooftops. It is a hoot. Um, so the other day, I don't even know how the hell I heard about it, but I heard about this game called uh, Life is Strange from Square Enix. And uh, I'm like, oh, you know, this sounds neat, blah, blah, blah. And heard it was $4.99, and it's on the PS4. And I'm like, oh, cool, I'll go and check it out. I didn't know anything about it when I when I downloaded it. I downloaded the demo, and I started it up, and it turns out that it's kind of like a Telltale-ish game uh, where you're going around and you're, make, you're making decisions, and, you know, there's consequences to your to your decision-making process and the choices that you make and stuff like that. Uh, The setup for it is that you are a young girl named Max who is attending a kind of like a specialty school or prep school, high school. um, And she finds herself at this lighthouse in the middle of town and there's like a storm going on and she gets up to the top of the hill and there's just this massive, massive like world-ending tornado uh, forming in the water and and making its way toward her town. And she wakes up from this dream in the middle of class and then soon discovers 
that she's able to uh, rewind time. And basically what you do is you go throughout the game and you're trying to, um, I guess, prevent this catastrophe from happening. But at the same time, you're kind of living her life and reconnecting with these people. You've been away from this town for, for some time. You're uh, discovering old friends have changed and you're just going around talking to all the students, talking to the teachers and this is all in the demo. And then um, I excused myself from class and said I had to go and use the bathroom, splash some water on my face. And two students come into the bathroom and they're talking about like that one of them owes them like drug money and stuff like that. And, you know, you better pay me. And the dude pulls out a gun and the gun goes off and kills the girl that was he was having the altercation with. And Max kind of like puts her hand out to be like, you know, no. And then time starts to reverse and she's able to then change the event so you then turn around and you move this trash can and there's a hammer underneath that you pick up the hammer and you smash the uh fire alarm and you set the fire alarm off so it stops like right before the bullet the, the gun goes off they hear the alarm and it then changes the events that she knees them in the nuts and you know the whole thing so you can then choose to like alert the school about this this happening or you can choose to keep it to yourself and it introduces this whole um, like decision-making process and choice system and you go outside into the courtyard and there's just there's people and students everywhere and you're able to take pictures of things and each time that you talk to somebody you are given choices and if you make the wrong choice you can then rewind and you still retain the knowledge of that conversation that you had so now you can answer them in the way that they want to be talked to like if you're talking to the skater guys and you don't know anything about skating, but they were asking you, like, do you know what a nose flip is? Do you know what this grind is? Blah, blah, blah. And now you can talk to them as if you know things. And um, it's really, really cool, but it's also ridiculously cheesy. Um, it's very much rated R in, in terms of language and content. There is um, a lot of, of like profanity going on and that really threw me because this is Square Enix and I'm so used to you know Final Fantasy stuff and clean cut and blah 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 and I mean there are things everywhere in this game there are really hilarious posters that you can look at uh, you take photos like photo opportunities of really silly things and you're kind of making your way through the school um, solving this mystery forming relationships with people and as you get deeper and deeper into it this world that you're living in starts to kind of like decay around you as, as you start to like find out who everyone is and everybody's kind of snotty and treats you like ass and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's super cool. Has anybody else checked it out? Go ahead, bro. No, I, I watched some of it, but I have not played it myself. What'd you it think? Looks it looks very interesting. You... Uh, it's very cool looking. Um, I think something like this, I'll wait for a couple of chapters to come out before I jump in. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be like a month-by-month month, uh, release. Six weeks. Six weeks? Mm-hmm. Nice. So I've, uh, I remember when this game was shown off in August, and I was like, I'm into the episodic thing, so I was like super interested in it. And I checked out reviews, and I mean, the reviews have all said like the same things that you're saying. Like, it's really cool. There's really amazing aspects in it, uh, but there's some like really dumb stuff in it. Like, the lip syncing is terrible. Oh, it's awful. Uh, but I mean, that's not enough to turn me off uh, from a game. What makes me really excited to play it, you mentioned the profanity thing, and it's, it's published by Square. Okay. But the developers don't nod. Okay. And don't nod made remember me. Ah. 
So I was instantly like, oh, the guys who did remember me, like I have to play this. Um, so it's interesting to see like a big studio coming out with like a triple A game mm. and, uh, then dropping down to something that's episodic. Uh, so I, uh, it's in my queue. I'm definitely going to play it. Uh, I mean, everything that I heard and everything you just said mm-hmm. has only, uh, strengthened the fact that like, I definitely want to check it out. Like weird limps, uh, lip syncing and cheesiness aside. It reminds me a little bit. You ever see or play the game deadly premonition? I know which game. I know the game. I've never actually played it though. Okay. It's got a, like, that game is in a class of its own. <laughs> no, it is. It is. But this has, this has, like, that level of cheese to it. Um, like, the music in it that the kids listen to at this school. I don't know where they found this stuff, but it's awful. It's so awful. Um, I was looking for, like, one of my tasks was to find a flash drive inside of a girl's room. And um, I went to bend down and pick up what I thought was a flash drive and it turned out to be a pregnancy test and she got like super pissed off at me and I had like squandered the rapport that I had had with her because she's like that's private you're always so nosy you know you still haven't grown out of that what's your problem you've been away for years and you're still the same and I was screwed and I'm like no wait a minute I can reverse time I could put it down and I can go and find the flash drive and she'll never be mad at me and so I reversed time and I went and I found the flash drive. It's an interesting mechanic. And that was like that relationship was then salvaged and I was able to, to move on. Um, I beat the episode. I went, I did the whole thing in one shot. How and, long was it? Uh, it honestly, I, I explored a lot and that was, I went in every room. I checked every corner. I walked around the courtyard for at least an hour and a half before I even went to the dormitories. Uh, I talked to everyone that I possibly could. Like you walk near something and it gets like outlined in white and highlighted and you can interact with it differently. And I played a lot with like the choice system in like reversing time and seeing if I could change things. Like you run into the principal on your way out after the whole the um, gun scenario. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, is there anything that you want to tell me? And at first I kept it from him. But then I was like, you know what? I'm like that guy inside the the bathroom first of all he was a real asshole and second of all he was he shot somebody and he's he's brandishing a gun like somebody i like how your first reaction was no i'm not gonna say anything yeah no but like guys shooting up the school you're like i'm cool a, a drug dealer yeah. shooting up the school <laughs> seems like no, I, you're i'm cool. good i'm good i got oh, nothing to cool. tell you that's that's where i get my supplies from <laughs> the principal he's the man i've had i've had problems with the man in the past so i didn't know if i could trust him you know, he's leaning into me. Is there anything you want to tell me? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just met you. I don't know if I can trust you. So, um, but it's 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 super cool. As far as length, uh, it took me a good like four hours. Uh, That's a long first so episode. It was it was beefy. It really was. That's a really long first episode. That's like three episodes of any of Telltale stuff. I'm I'm the kind of person where if you give me a game like that, like I said, this is the first time that I've played something like that. I was very curious about it, and I was yeah. But even still, like compared to the Telltale stuff, you could search every nook mm-hmm. and cranny yeah. of certain episodes, and it's still not going to take you any longer than two hours. Well, because you can because you can reverse time, you can yeah, change. Yeah. You know, it's that's not like you've different. made the decision and you got to run with it. You can actually change your mind. Interesting. But you can only change it like immediately. Like you have to then make that decision. Like there was a girl in the courtyard who was flying around one of those quadcopters and I wanted to fly it. But because I didn't know anything about flying a quadcopter, she didn't think I was cool enough to give me the remote and try it out. And I had completely screwed myself over 
and just didn't talk to her the right way, and she didn't want to let me try it. So you got your your drug dealer friend to go shoot her? No. No. That's what I would have done. But, like, they start planting, like, these little seeds of, like, how did he get the gun? Where did the gun come from? And, you know, I won't spoil too much, but, like, later in the game, you you kind of put the pieces of that together, but then what was he doing here? Um, there are people that are, are kind of off their rocker that work at the school. There's a paranoid security security guard guy. Um, there's some dude named Warren who's like completely infatuated with you and you like you don't know anything about it and you gotta play it cool with him. But it was really neat to see my actions kind of come back and bite me in the ass where there's a whole scene, there's a whole altercation later on where if I had chosen to keep my mouth shut and not told the principal about, you know, the the gun and whatnot, that might have never happened. Interesting. Like that whole part of the game might have never happened because if I didn't rat, then then the guy would not wouldn't have had should, a reason. You should play it again and see. Well, I want to. They they did at the end and I I've heard they do this at Telltale. Well, they actually gave you stats. Stats and like a yeah. ratio oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of like what everybody else chose. At the end of episode 2 or season 2 in The Walking Dead, the mm-hmm. choice I made was like 20% of the population made that choice. Yeah, I ended up making like the majority decisions. All of the majority decisions were the, were, were the ones that I had made. Usually that's how I was on on the Telltale games. It was like the obvious ones like mm-hmm. like 75% you said so you and 75% of the people you know, the, sometimes it'd be like you and 50%, 55%, 50, like, but the last choice I made was like, you and like 20% of the population made this choice. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, there was just, I mean, I was, I was tweeting away. I was screen capturing and tweeting a whole bunch of like really funny stuff. Um, for anybody that's going to play it, one of my suggestions for you is to take the time to definitely look at all of the posters that are uh, around the school because some of them are absolutely hilarious. There's this one in the dormitories of this character called Bear Man that just I was I was cracking up. It was great. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm in it. Like I'm I'm definitely in it. I I, I want to see the next episode. I want to know how it ends. Um, they got me. So never played anything like it before. I like new things. Super cool. And now I'm I'm doubly excited to I'm bringing the Walking Dead season one with me to Canada. And I'm gonna sit down with my girlfriend. And we're gonna go through that together and and beat that. I wish Jackie was here because she beat, she finished season one. She did, and then texted me and she's like, "Man, I hate you." Ha. I'll let her tell the story next week, but she finished and she had lots of things to say to me. I might have to grab. Um, you don't you don't know offhand how much the season two is. I think it's like I don't, I don't know right now. I mean, they, they they constantly throw these things up for sale, right? So I have no idea how much it is. But right. I don't think it's any more than like fifteen bucks, maybe. All right, I got a uh, $75 gift certificate. For well, then you definitely have enough. Yeah, but I want to pick up Majora's Mask for the 3DS as well. You still will have enough. And I'm thinking of Monster Hunter 4. Yay, nay, anyone? It, it, it's probably going to be one of the most accessible Monster Hunters, so I would say, yeah. Are you going to play it? it? I don't know. We'll see. I, I probably am, but I got to wait a little bit because I have money saved up for a couple of different things that I need to do first. I want to play The Order. Oh, it's I, like next week. I really, it's the 20th. I'm going to be away when it comes out, but I'm going to get it when I get back. I really, really hope that that game is good. I mm-hmm. really hope it's good. I've seen a couple of interviews with people that have had their hands on it, and they, they said it's solid. So Just got to see how long it is and stuff. There's a lot of factors with that. I mean, it looks beautiful. I like the I like the premise. I like the whole Nikola Tesla steampunk weapons and, and lycanthropy 
mm-hmm. enemies and that's just that that speaks to me like yeah. all that gothic stuff I, I love that stuff speaking of monsters Segway evolve oh you want to go to evolve okay who played evolve I did I played evolve last night for like three hours and the servers are good servers worked that was the thing I was most most afraid of that's so I've been comforting. like I've been in a back and forth battle with my crew about who's playing evolve and there's been some real stiff resistance uh to picking up evolve i can see why with 130 dollars worth of downloadable content that's garbage available. i mean that, that that's like the worst argument in the world i don't think so it's the worst and here's why, why. Okay. because none of it's necessary zilch you don't have to buy any of it you don't have to buy a single cent of it and the best reason is say you like like you buy evolve right like i, ha- I just have the 60 dollars version mm-hmm. you buy evolve and there's new monster first of all there's so much of it that's just skin colors like yeah. you can change the color of your, of your guns. Like that's microtransactions. PC games are filled with those. But whatever. There's there's a lot of content that you could download. And there's a lots of different ways that you could get it. I pre-ordered the game so I got the fourth monster coming whenever it shows up. You, the season pass gives you a couple of skins and three new hunters. Say you don't want any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what people hate about DLC is that you could go into a game and this ha- has happened to tons of people before and it's like you're in a party with people and you go to play a map and it's like, oh, a member of your party doesn't have that. And they get you, either you go in and they don't. Evolve doesn't do that. All the maps and updates for the game are free. So when new maps come, you're going to get them. Mm-hmm. What you're not going to get are those characters, but you can play against them or play with them if you know they happen to be on your team. They're not going to lock you out from using them. Mm-hmm. So you can then see them up close and in person while playing the game and then make your, and then make a decision about if you want to buy it or not there yeah like does this game have a ton of dlc yeah does dlc absolutely suck sure it does does day one dlc suck sure but at some point like you either have to like get on board with video games in the times or not like but there isn't you could bitch and moan about gas prices all day long but eventually you gotta you you gotta you gotta get gas i mean i'm not gonna bitch and moan about a game that i'm not even playing but like it doesn't bother you that like a large portion of what's available for the game that you have to pay past like the base price for that game for what for another monster and three different hunters how's that any different from any other game that does dlc like how's that different from a mac pack in call of duty i think i think because it's like all the stuff that's day one is stuff that was produced and is there and is technically day one look day one day one dlc is nothing that players want day one dlc is a direct uh correlation to uh, and i read this on twitter so it, you know I'm, I'm definitely stealing this but it, it's it's brilliant in a way that that it was said uh, day one dlc is directly aligned with players turning in games to gamestop companies need to make money so uh, people like rob let's just take rob for it rob wouldn't do this so rob doesn't believe in, in doing this but let's just say joe on the street waits for evolve to drop in price and he's like ah, i'm gonna get it used he goes to gamestop they don't get that money the developer doesn't get that money when he, when GameStop tries to peddle you the game used. Yeah, I know that. So, in in response, game companies are like, "Okay, we're gonna have to make date. We're gonna have to make DLC." And so they they finish the game. They com- they complete sections of it, and they're like, "We're gonna offer this as DLC a week." Like, uh, Dying Light's two weeks old, and they've already got DLC for it out today or yesterday. 
Okay. It's like, unfortunately, like, is it great? No, but that's just the way the video game industry is, is moving right now. So for me, it's like, it's not something to like throw my hands up and get all angry about. It's like, okay, if I want this stuff, it's there and I could pay for it. But I'm not the type of guy who's like, I don't care what color my gun is. And if I want to play with the new hunters, I'll see them in action first. I'll, I'll play alongside them on my team. And if I want them, then yeah, I could, I could buy them. I think you could buy them like piecemeal or at a, as a collection. And if mm-hmm. I, you know, if I want to get the new monster when it comes out, I'll get it. But for now, it's like I, I paid $60 for a game that I know that the stuff that I've got is enough for me to enjoy. Like, it, it, for me, hearing people who are like, this game's got way too much DLC. Well, it's like, all right, well, for years now, that's been a problem. I mean, you could buy a $50 Battlefield. Um, what did they call those back then? Premium. Like you, and, and for Call of Duty, it's like you could spend an extra $50 on this game right now and get DLC that'll come out a year from now. Yeah, It's like it's, it's been going on for a while. It just Evolve has so many different ways that you could go about getting the DLC. It's getting so much attention. I just feel like part of me feels like for something to have that much content that's outside of what you paid for at base price. It's But the thing is, it doesn't. It doesn't have any more than any other game. It has three extra hunters. That is the stuff right now that's going to come a month from now. But like... um What's the game that we really like on Xbox? Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. A month after the game came out, they had a whole other campaign. They had like a whole side mission that you could go get. Mm-hmm. It's the stupid stuff where it's like, oh, you could make your monster look this way or this way. All they've added is a micro uh, transaction, but that's not like anything that's substantial to the game. It's just like, I want my gun to be gold. And so like, here's spend $6 and now all your guns that you ever pick up are gold. Right. Or your monster is covered in acid or something. It, right. it, it, it's cut... Most of the DLC out there right now is cosmetic. So it's like, to me, it's like, all right, sure, they're they're adding in microtransactions. If people want to buy that stuff, they're going to buy that stuff. But it's not like they're forcing it down your throat and you have to. Right. Like, to me, the a, a worse crime, and this is just jumping genres, is when Assassin's Creed is going to sell us DLC that will give us an experience boost. Mm. Or that you're going to, here, here, here pay, pay $3 and you'll run faster for an hour. Did you see those uh, thing that I posted about uh, The Last of Us had, like, stat boosts for your character like reload faster for two dollars oh that was for the multiplayer stuff oh it was for multiplayer sure oh okay mm-hmm. i don't remember i don't remember seeing that and it's, if it, if that's the case and that's gross yeah. like stuff where you're paying money to like pay to like then you're going to pay to win if you're if you're improving your multiplayer performance yeah by paying money it's turned into a pay to win game and that for me ruins the integrity of what's going on unless everybody's going to be doing yeah, it's that. like it's like like change change the 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 effectiveness or radius of your stealth abilities and five dollars and it's it's pretty gross see like that stuff that stuff bothers me mm-hmm. because then you're really changing what what console games have always been about but yeah for me it's like all right there's a month from now there's gonna be three new hunters okay in call of duty a month like a month after release there's gonna be three new maps battlefield the same thing all these things are like it's just the way that the industry is going and like it's a direct correlation to Game companies being like, we need to battle GameStop. We need to we need to make the money back that we're losing to GameStop. Well, they've been, I mean, they've been super upfront about it from the beginning. Um, the team that put together uh, Evolve. Oh yeah. So at least there's that. But um, all right. So let's let's put that stuff aside. I just wanted to have a discussion about it. Well, that's fine. Um, how's the game? Awesome. Like, are, you, are you enjoying it? Oh yeah. Like uh, so like I, we started this conversation because I was like having a hard time pushing friends towards this game because it's very. I, I've mentioned this in the past. It, it's a very hard game to sell to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like 4v1, and then the one guy's the monster, and then we're the guys trying to take him down. And like, yeah, but there's all that is. No, but there's other modes where it's like there's more 
thinking involved. Like the monster's got eggs. He could either destroy the eggs. He wants to protect them. He could sacrifice one to get an ally. That looks awesome. Yeah. But it's like, it's a game that I firmly believe if you enjoy anything in first person, it's a game that should be played. And so I was able to like push a couple of friends towards it. My friend Eric was, you know, we played it at PAX. He was already going to get it. We enjoyed the beta. And unfortunately, I had friends try it when the alpha was running and the alpha was an absolute mess. So people were like, oh, I need to see the servers. But I was able to convince a couple of friends, uh, two, two, two friends of the show. Uh, Nick and Andy I was like I think you guys should try this and if I'm wrong I'm wrong you can trade it in whatever but I, I if you trust what I say then I think you should play it and so they got it and another friend of mine got it and so four of us went in last night and we had a freaking ball cool uh, the first night we played was me and Nick uh, just the two of us the other two were still downloading there's like a three gig three gig patch on day one and uh, we jumped in and we beat a monster with two three other randoms so it was me and Nick, two randoms against the monster, and we won. And Nick was like, well, I was like, that was like, that was a good time. It was like, yeah, it was. And the match was like eight or nine minutes. So then uh, Alan and Andy joined us. And so Andy had never even seen the game in motion, I don't think. I think all he maybe saw was like an E3 trailer, but he was just going, like, taking my word. Mm-hmm. And Nick had, like, investigated the game a bit, and Alan had played a little bit of beta. So we're like, okay, we're gonna, we'll watch the videos on the classes, and we'll see who's going to be who, and we'll go on, and we're going to jump in. So we jump in, excuse me, and uh, we find the Goliath and we take him out in three minutes. Fastest match I've ever played. Mm-hmm. It just, everything worked perfectly. The round ended when Alan put down a spike trap. The monster could not get away. And Andy dropped an orbital strike on top of the monster's head. And like, I wish I was streaming it. I, I, I should have been streaming it last night because all of us were just like laughing hysterically. And like, that was am- like, it was like a high five chest bump, like, that was really cool. Like, that worked out perfectly. The next round we played, we played against uh, the flying monster, the one I talked about with Eric, the Kraken. Okay. Where the guy would just wax us constantly. Raining so, lightning down on Yeah. You. That was a 29-minute match. So we went from 9 to 3 to 29 minutes, and we lost. And we lost in, like, the most excruciating fashion. At, at stage 3, the monster it has to destroy this power relay. Nick was the last guy alive. The dropship was 10 seconds away from coming in with the three of us as reinforcements. The monster had no health. The power relay had no health. And Nick had no health. So Nick's like, I can't die right now because if I die, we lose. And we're like, you have to do something because if he kills that relay, we lose. And as we were like jetpacking into the ground, the monster blew up the relay and we lost. Uh, So that was like a 29-minute match of like chess of like – we got him, we got him, we locked him in, he battled us, he got away, we got away, we couldn't catch him, we caught him, we couldn't, like, he got away again, until it was just all the way for 29 minutes. We lost, but it was just like, like I mentioned before, it's like, for me, like, I didn't mind losing. Like, we gained it, like gained a ton of experience, I unlocked the new healer, we didn't win any more matches for the rest of the night. So, you know, is, is this a game where you think you're going to settle on a class and be that class? I prefer Medic because like, I, I just enjoy the way that get, that class plays. But I really think I've played all the classes and they're all interesting in their own way. Like it's kind of like what we talked about with Battlefield. Every class has a specific job that they have to do. And when it's all working, you feel like you're doing something. Like, you know, the support class. He's not really a damage dealer. None of the classes are except for the first guy. But, you know, his job is to shield other people or, to, or to, to make sure that orbital strike comes down perfectly. And the trapper is the guy that's probably the most important besides him and healer because you got you to you get that monster locked into that dome. Otherwise, 
you're going to be running and just running and running and running. So, like, all the classes I feel are fun to play. Like, everybody who just, like, happened to fall into their class was like, this guy's, like, a lot of fun to play. And so after that, we started switching off classes, and then we just got, you know, we're playing, like, you play five straight rounds as a medic. Then you play a trapper, and you're like, oh, boy, like, this is this is a different feeling. And we just kept getting beat over and over again. And then what happened was uh, whoever we were in the room with left. And so it just was it took like a minute or so and it didn't find somebody for us to play against since there was four of us you're looking for one person at that point and so it threw us in against the ai so the ai was the monster and it was sadistic oh it chased us down and murdered us with no mercy <laughs> like just there was nothing that we could do and it was just like like same thing we were playing classes that we weren't familiar with at that point and it was it was serious business, and it was the easy monster to take down. So I can't imagine what the AI is like on those harder monsters. But at the end of the night, like I asked everybody, so like honestly, like what did you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? And everyone was like, um, I think Nick Nick had tweeted and was like, I've never never had more fun dying, or like getting my ass kicked. Cool. Because it's like it's a game. It's like we lost, but you know what? Like I, I I did some things. I helped my guy level up a little bit more, and like if I keep doing those things, I'm gonna unlock the next guy, and the next guy. It has the same type of role but plays in a completely different way. So I'm I'm on the second healer, and the third healer shoots napalm grenades and healing grenades, and I want those healing grenades bad. <laughs> so like I, I'm just excited to keep getting in there and messing around with it. And you know, we, I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, Rob and we were talking about this right before the show started. Was the repetitive nature of the game is you know it could be like Destiny, where it's like you really enjoy doing the same things over and over. We could burn out on this game two months from now, but all I know is. For the time that I spend playing this game until I'm done with it, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I'm going to be for, you know, however long that lasts. Six months, three months, whatever it is, it's something that I'm I'm really enjoying. That's a lot of confidence. Yeah, like my big prediction since I went to PAX last year was that Evolve is something that everyone should try if you like games in first person. Like if you like first person shooters you, and you have like a, like you have friends that you like playing with or I mean the game's definitely playable by yourself. They have that evacuation mode. I haven't got a chance to get into it yet, but you know, I've read articles where it's like Evolve is completely fun and fine on its own. But if like if you play multiplayer games and a lot of first person shooters are multiplayer games and you have a crew, get your crew playing Evolve. It is unlike anything that you're gonna play on consoles right now. Hmm. Have you gotten Jackie to pick it up? No, God no. I, I, I to get Jackie to to pick up this game and play it, like she needs to be here. We need to be sitting down and like I need you know, we, we gotta get the controller in her hands. But she, we, she said the same thing about Destiny. I'm never going to play Destiny. You're and then you got Destiny. Influence, my friend. One thing no at way. A, no one thing at a, one thing <laughs> at a time. Like I, she's got a, she's got a backlog of games right now, and so uh, you know I'm not going to be like I, you need to play everything because I don't want to like throw everything in the world on her plate. She's, Put her in the poorhouse. <laughs> Luke, yeah. you're not going to college. Yeah, but you know, I, <laughs> do I think do I think Jackie would like the game if she played it? Absolutely. Hope you get a scholarship, boy. Yeah. He needs to play that piano. Mm-hmm. So speaking of of Jackie, um, are we good for for games that we played this week? Everybody? Nope. No, oh, we yeah, got one more. more. What? Oh man, just the the quick dying light stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so still enjoying the first player, you know, the single player stuff. Absolutely, um, having tons of fun. But holy hell, is everything else broken? Broken. Best broken game in a while. Yep. All right, tell me what you've experienced because I've only I've played with our friend Chris uh, at Super Nintendo on Twitter, and we've had a good time and no problems. So, what did you experience? Okay, so 
I mean, Justin should talk because he's he's the one encountering problems. But like out of out of the group, but I mean, there is a huge contingency of people online and forums that are encountering the same problems. Yeah. And for a trophy hunter such as Justin, um, there are reasons to not continue the single player stuff because certain trophies aren't popping so they're just glitched yeah it's super rare that trophies get glitched like super super rare and unfortunately uh techland is known for having that problem dead island was full of those type of problems where trophies just would not pop uh-huh. so um, like right now all the safe houses if you unlock them you're not going to get the trophy if you collect all the notes if you do trophy, all the yeah. uh side missions side missions that's so. like i enjoy the game so much like i want to platinum this game so one of the trophies is um complete five missions five quests in one co-op setting with three other friends so you need a full room great no problem so i sign on to do the co-op with with nick our friend and no problems playing cool like rob joins the room two minutes later it shoves me back to the playstation desktop you know what's funny? Now that you're that, now that you're mentioning some of these things, I've actually experienced two instances where one time I was booted, and then the other time, actually no, two two boots, uh, one back to the main menu, or actually, and then one flat out of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that'll happen with games randomly. Right. Every game will like will throw that error where you get kicked out of the application. It's happened to me in Destiny. It's happened to me in a bunch of other games I've played. It's just a random thing. But I cannot join a room with – I can be – it's weird. I can play with Nick for hours. But if I play with Rob, I, I try. I tried – we tried pinpointing it down, like what's going on here. So I tried playing individually with everybody. Mm-hmm. So if I play with Rob, I can only play with Rob for like 10 minutes, and then it threw me back out of the game. If I join a game with two people in it, I get shot back out to the – like right out of the application with an error code within two minutes every time. And so I'm like, I'm on the, the, we're in the party chat. So I'm not losing internet connection or anything. And I'm like looking up on their forums and there are, it's, it's not a widespread error, but it's happening to, you know, you you sell 1 million copies of the game or you have 1 million people playing it. A large portion of that is going to have this, this problem. And it's a known thing that they're, they're just co-op is screwed right now. And if like you bought this game to play co-op, which lots of people did, um, you can't. And they're also having problems with saves erasing, and uh, like Rob if, mentioned, if that ever happens to me, I'm, the, the disc is that, like, like that's like the that's like I'm at the point right now where it's like I'm not going to turn the game back on, like really? I, until they fix it. Wow. Because I don't, a, I don't want to lose my save. I'm 15 hours into the game now, and I'm enjoying the hell out of what I'm playing. Yeah. It's a great game, but it's not worth my. It's not worth an era. I've already had games. I mentioned it before Battlefield, where it's like I'm five or six hours into the campaign and it's all gone. And that happened to me with uh, Borderlands 2, the Boy. huge save file wipe that if you join oh, multiplayer that, yeah, and yeah, yeah. got infected, yep, that game oh, out man. the window. I'm so, glad I'm not bringing my PS4 to Canada this time. I won't be playing it. So, yeah, it's just like it's a frustrating thing. Like trophies being glitched is one thing, but not being able to like hook up and play with other people, that's like a, a big deal. Yeah, I mean not being able to play a mode that you paid you know, cash money for is and it sounds like so, like it's a thing that'll get fixed. And I, like I have a backlog of games, so it's not like the biggest deal in the world for me to be like, all right, I'll put Dying Light to the side for right now and play something else. You know, it kind of is though, because who's to say that before it gets fixed, that one of us doesn't turn the game in? Yeah, you know, like I was that. thinking, I, I thought of that, but like, if that happens, so be it. Like, it'll happen. It, it's it's pissing me off, but like, it's frustrating because I like the game. I like the game a lot. So do I. And it, like, I. Uh, for me, it, it reminds me a lot of um, 
Wolfenstein. Like, the game that came out of nowhere last year that was really good was Wolfenstein. And for me, like, Dying Light came, I, I, remember, I, I watched when it was revealed, I watched gameplay videos a year ago, and I was like, oh, it's cool, you know, it's sort of like Dead Island. And then just, like, kind of put it on the back burner, like, eh, I'll see when it comes out, maybe I'll pick it up. And it came out at the perfect time, where there's really nothing else going on, yeah. and it sold a bunch of copies, and it's a great game, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it's got these problems. Right. My other problem with it, and it just came to me right now, is uh, their kind of checkpoint save system. Um, you could be deep into a mission and die and get thrown all the way back to a safe zone. Oh, yeah. Having to go repeat a half hour worth of content, yeah. which I find absolutely ridiculous. Do you Welcome to, to Alien content, Isolation though? Syndrome. Sure. I was doing a mission, uh, this was a bit ago, where you had to go unscrew the light bulbs. On the bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like... And I fell off of the ladder, and it, you know, it takes a bit to get up there and climb mm-hmm. the stupid thing and kill zombies and stuff. Fell and then threw me all the way back to a safe zone. Oh yeah, for that stuff, absolutely. But I know with like certain things where it's like... Um, oh, like the school... Yeah, like you die and it kind of gives you like your progress has been saved up until that point. Like you may have to come back to the school, but it's like what you cleared out is still clear. It doesn't throw enemies back in there. Well, still though, that that's stupid. Like at least spawn you at the door of the school yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You don't have to do the five minute trek back to the school. Yeah. That that I find stupid. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've died before, and they've booted me all the way back to like the start of that second map. Like all of a sudden, I'm back in that compound on the rooftop. Mm. I'm like, whoa, how the? And I, here? I understand the open worldness of the game and how they want like the free, uh, you know, the parkour stuff to to shine and stuff like that. But I mean, at a certain point in the story, there definitely should become some kind of like being able to port to different safe zones and stuff like that because right you know as of right now it's only if you beat the game then you're able to fast travel um i just i just find that that there are certain points where you know it's like okay that's all the way across the map i'll just do it tomorrow i don't want to i don't want to deal with it today um you know that kind of thing what so. i've been doing it for that is just looking for what quests are in what area like jumping yeah. jumping through my quest log and being like these are in the northwest corner of the map Right. Or like, I have to go get Lavender. That's way up there. I'm not going to do anything until I find myself up there instead of just trekking from like left to right and back and forth. And so I've been like just clearing things out in sections if I can. Hmm. Well, hopefully that stuff gets fixed. Yes. Real soon. Because um, I would like to play that when uh, when I get back from my vacation because mm-hmm. uh, I'm deep into it at this point and I'm still enjoying it. So mm-hmm. and, and I was last thing, <laughs> super yeah. last thing. Uh, I watched a speed run of it the other day. It's crazy. Dude beat it in two hours and ten minutes. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, they're already finding, like, glitches where you're running above the map and, like, through grates and stuff like that. It's it's crazy. I mean, two hours, I was barely past, like, three to four missions, maybe, because of the amount of running around I was doing. That's crazy. Um, and just stopping in the environment and being like, what's in this house or uh-huh. this room? Yeah, lockpick yeah, this. House, yeah. Uh, so yeah, to see, to see people run it in that amount of time, it's fascinating. Oh, and Nick's $15,000 cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's another glitch. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, all right. So that's it. That's it. That's our games. Moving on. Moving along. Uh, so it was announced, um, and I'm reading this from IGN.com. Netflix is developing a live action Zelda series. Um, Okay, so this is from IGN. It says, uh, 
the WSJ, which is the Wall Street Journal, cites a person of fam- uh, that's familiar with the matter, saying Netflix uh, described the show as Game of Thrones for a family audience. Zelda uh, games are often uh, lighthearted, even at their darkest. So the tone of the potential show doesn't sound too far out, um, too far out of line from the Zelda we already know. And I love this little update at the top. Netflix refused to comment on the Wall Street Journal's report. Shocking. Yes. So, okay. So for the sake of of this podcast and and for today's show, uh, we're going to assume that this thing gets made. It's very, we don't know. It's in development. Nintendo could pull out, uh, Netflix could pull out of it. They could find that there's just really no, I I wouldn't say there isn't a market for it. I think people would watch the hell out of it, but they really need to decide what this is going to be if they're going to do it at all and how to go about it. So I just wanted to go around the table and get everybody's thoughts. Are you excited about it? Um, at all, Justin? No. Well, you're okay. But but like for me, I like, and I'm not a TV guy. Don't like, I'm a huge comic book guy. I don't get excited for comic book TV properties. Like I saw the daredevil trailer mentioned this to you guys before. Mm -hmm. It's like, whatever. Like just can't, I, I can't get excited for TV stuff. Video game TV stuff, I don't watch. I'm a huge Halo guy. I don't watch any of that stuff. It's usually bad. Like Halo Nightfall, I heard, was terrible. Mm-hmm. So let's just say like Netflix does good stuff. Nintendo is Nintendo. You're going to take these two things and put them together. It still does not draw any interest for me. And I guess the reason for that is like I just can't see it being done well. Like Game of Thrones for kids, like that doesn't – like those are two words that don't go together. And even if you try and make them fit together, like what does this look like? Um, the guys on Giant Bomb today. I mean, they, they had this discussion. They it was a hilarious it was, discussion. It was a hilarious discussion. But I mean, and uh, one of them made a really good point, and that I think if you were gonna, if this was gonna work, it's gonna work this way. Uh, it needs to be done like a true detective setting, where for me it would be interesting is if you have one season. Zelda Zelda is a game where there's not really lore in a way. Like it's not like the games continue on and on and on. It's Zelda. It's Link, the princess, Ganondorf. So every season tells a new tale. And then you recast it, and then you go on and you tell a different tale. And you could you could have a ton of fun with that if you like you be screwy with it and be like, why not have a modern a modern Link and a modern Zelda? Mm-hmm. Or have one in like old old London, or have one in a mythical game of uh, Game of Thrones, you know, in in a setting. And then you do season by season and you recast and then you redo it and you do it with, you know, in a kid-friendly way or a family-friendly way. Right. Uh, that could potentially be interesting if they did it in the in a right way. But that's, as, as Rob's probably going to tell any second, that's going to be crazy expensive. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's assuming that it even goes for seasons rather than it just being one like season. a one-off. They could do a one-off and if you did it right, sure. But if you were saying like if this was going to be a like a multiple season thing, like maybe like a three-year run like a True Detective is going to be, that's the only way I could see it being told. But I can't see them doing seasons of the same story. It does not like, I, I don't mean, know how that would work. I could see them, I mean, me personally, I can see them doing one, seeing how it flies and then maybe adapting other properties based on the response. Sure, but then you would have to you would be really cornering yourself if you're like we're going to see how this goes after 1 and not have like a firm plan for 2. Like you would the only way that works then is if you plan to do one season and then you kind of go with the idea of like 
multiple casts and multiple things where it's like mm-hmm. different periods in time. Well, there's a lot of shows like that. I mean, look at something like Constantine. Constantine is, you know, on the chopping block, has been on the chopping block since like its third episode. And I believe that it was not renewed. At least it wasn't in that list. They might be switching it's still, networks. It's rumors. It's, it's not gone. officially yeah. canceled. Right. Well, it's not officially renewed either. Uh. It's in that weird limbo. Where same thing with being human, which got canceled, and I'm super pissed about it. But um, I mean, I like that's this. People are saying, like, "Oh, there's not much there. There's three main characters, and then everybody else is just kind of whatever." Like that's why you have writers. That's why you have people take whatever lore is there and expand upon it and create a world. There are enough like towns visited dungeons explored and other characters that you could build something around them my concern is what do you do with zelda the the character of zelda if she's taken by ganondorf and just thrown in a tower somewhere you can't go through an entire season with just having your female character stuck somewhere and not doing anything that's not that a wouldn't fly especially today with everything going on and two that's just boring isn't that what Zelda is, though? I'm just asking. Like, isn't that the like that's Zelda, right? Not necessarily. I mean, no. she's not always st- stuck somewhere. Not necessarily. Uh, forgive my my ignorance. No, but that's, that's just like that's what I assume Zelda is is going to save Zelda. Uh, to to me, there, there's just too much that that could go wrong and would go wrong. And I mean, the first and biggest fight would be okay. Who's going to be Link, and what is his voice like? Because Link does not speak. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's going to be like a shock to the system. Yeah. Too. How do you put a personality and a voice on a character that's never had one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now that person, like if it, that person is the mainstay voice for everyone and if he sucks and blah, you know, there, there's just so much that can go wrong. Just give me a beautifully animated series, uh, you know, get get an amazing voice actor because that's easier than getting an actor that looks like someone with that voice. And, mm. you know, p- pump some big bucks into it. And I think that would go more mainstream than, than a I agree. Show. I agree. A, a good animated project would do really well. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching Arrow? Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, the blonde DJ that's been working yes, at the yeah. club? He totally reminds me of Link. Oh, God. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> ever, ever since I saw him, I was mm-hmm. like, hey, it's Link. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's It seems to me I would be astonished if this actually happens i think that yeah. for them to announce it like this and to get the people that are well, excited it wasn't really yeah. announced though that's the no thing. Was... well that's the thing but the thing is you put something up on the internet like that everybody assumes that it's a done deal and it's gonna happen because people don't read into it uh-huh and i mean there, there are so many things that are always in development quote unquote right you know it's just companies putting their money on it so no one else could buy the rights to make it right so all right. Well, I want to make sure that we got time uh, for some questions, but just really quick: uh, is there anything? Are there any games that we would like to see brought to live action in kind of like a serialized Netflixy way that you think would work? Max Payne. Oh, that's well. They made the. Did you see the movie? Did they make it? Oh yeah, God, they did. They, oh, did. they made a pretty stop, bad movie. Wahlberg. If you did Max Payne like Max Payne is supposed to be done, that could be like. That could be a good HBO show. I love that first Max Payne game. That yeah. bullet time was so awesome when it came out. Kicking the door into the, in the subway uh-huh. and just blowing in with the two shotguns. It was so good. 
See, I mean, for something like that, it, it's going to have to be, you know, a series of games because most games are, you know, open well, and closed and the game world is, you know, like, let's say Heavy Rain. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful game, great story, but what else are you going to pull out of that world? Um, I'm Like I said, that's why you get good, like you get good writers and you expand the universe. They do it all the time. I mean, the the, the game of, the story, quotation marks, of Max Payne has probably been told in TV shows before. A cop loses his family, mm-hmm. falls down the, the well of drugs and painkillers, ends up in South America, bald with a beard. Like, that's probably been done before. Slows down time. Slows down time when he shoots. Like, <laughs> honestly, you could, I mean, that story's been told, but you could probably make those video game mechanics work in a TV show, too, Did if you, you wanted play... to be crazy about it. Yeah. Have you ever played the third one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it good? It depends on who you ask. I liked it. Cause I, it I, wasn't like it, it, like it, it didn't stand out to me as much as the first two did, but it was Rockstar. There's quality behind it, and you know the story was like whatever. But it was cool to see like the continuation of like a man who's just spiraling out of control. I gotta play. It has a death wish. I really like um, the band that did the soundtrack for that. Health. Oh yeah, that was that was that was definitely a cool soundtrack. Oh, I got. I, I would I would love a remake of the first one. I gotta play it. The first one was excellent. Yeah, yeah it was. it's been so long since I played it. Mm. Um. So do you, um. Besides Max Payne, you got anything? Uh, Rob, I got a couple. Go ahead. All right, uh, Tomb Raider. I know they've made two shitty movies, but bring Tomb Raider to Netflix and do like an Indiana Jones type thing with a female lead, and go exploring. Come up with you know, bring in some of the some of the characters, and just go for it. Mm-hmm. Don't do any of that crazy like mystic shit or maybe like save that for like season four or something like that. But you know, that, that's what killed the alias. <laughs> they brought yeah. all the mystical stuff. In um, I just, I think it could be fun. Um, I think another thing that could work uh, possibly as a borderlands live action series, uh, just something along the, the lines of like Mad Max beyond Thunderdome ish sure. kind of thing. I mean, that could work really quirky and weird and, just you know, off kilter characters, and maybe a couple of like really cool, um, like cameos, like like a Tom Waits characters, like the ammunitions guy behind the the barred uh, gate, like you know, hey there, selling you all your all your crazy shit, Moxie and uh, Tiny Tina and stuff like that. I don't, I think that could work. I Mass think Effect it would be cool. Mass Effect could go perfectly, and Mass not Effect just like great. not like a Commander Shepard story, but focus around the Citadel. Yeah. Where you have all these races coming together, it could be a political thing, it could be a sci-fi thing, it could be the next Star Trek. Like, n- no questions, yeah. no questions about that at all. That that I agree on because that that's so expansive and the the lore. Yeah, the is lore and, there just the amount of mm-hmm. like books you could read and notes you could read. You could stuff, focus on to... you could focus on one character. You're like a a specter, right? Who, you know, working uh, for the Citadel, and then just surround everything about the Citadel and have all these races with all these backgrounds. And you could do, you could do anything with Mass Effect. I think that would be more of a short bet than the Zelda thing for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got God of War down here. Um, mm-hmm. You could do a really cool mythological God of War uh, show. Yeah, I love anything mythological. Like when when Spartacus was first announced as a TV series, I mm-hmm. had. No faith in it. Oh, that, that show that wound up so being amazing. good. Yeah, yeah show so. Was so especially that first season. First season, was amazing. Untouched. Yep. So good. Um, this is a a little bit of a far fetched, but I would kind of like to see Parasite Eve adapted into a live action show. I think that, that could be fun. That would be very trippy. It's got really cool characters. 
has a little bit of that like Resident Evil vibe to it, but just a little bit. I wouldn't say grounded, but you know, Resident Evil kind of has a stink on it from all of those uh, W.S. Anderson movies. Maybe choose a like property, but do something a little bit different with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got two more here. Um, Grand Theft Auto is a, is a no brainer. You could do a really cool, um, you know, like inner city noir kind of thing with Grand Theft. The huge cast um heists and double crossing and big drama and stuff like that and i mean the writing is already there especially in five so i think that would be really cool um ray donovan's like grand theft auto in a way that right that showtime show ray donovan yeah the wire yeah uh ray donovan's got that like that drama and you know Mm -hmm. it it feel like it that has like a grand theft auto feel to it yeah um i have two more i'm sorry uh, they dropped the the Castlevania movie. Maybe try doing a Castlevania show. Um, you know, super gothic. There are definitely enough characters. There's a big family element to it. Um, maybe give it a little bit more substance and, and and just you know exploratory stuff within like crazy mansions and underground caverns and stuff like that. Uh, I think could be really cool. And uh, the last one which is just a tremendous pipe dream of mine that I don't think will ever happen in my lifetime. But I would absolutely love to see Disney and Marvel team up with Sony to create an animated Kingdom Hearts series. I would lose myself uh, if that happened. Yeah, that that's definitely <laughs> the most far-fetched thing. Of course, I would love to see something like that. Imagine a Pixar-style uh-huh. Well, all, all of my things would would I would want to be animated because mm-hmm. I want my video games to still look like video games. I think I don't know. I don't want. I don't. I don't think I like it to cross over into that TV territory. You were burned by Super Mario Brothers, weren't you? Ugh. I love that. No, movie. I, I watched that the movie. I watched the show all the time. Are you kidding me? Oh God, Jorah watches the show. Somehow Lula. he found it on on Netflix and then like, uh-huh. Luau the Mario show is so bad. Mm-hmm. I love it, but it's so bad. All right, um, so yeah, those are some of our thoughts on uh, live-action Zelda. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, so let's uh, let's do a couple of questions before we get out of here. Um, actually, I'm going to read one. We'll, we'll start off with one uh, from Facebook that we said we were going to get to last week and did not, and we're saving for today, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, this is coming from Bill Reeves over on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash talking games PC. And he asks any games uh, that have come out in the past that you originally didn't like, but then ended up absolutely loving. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go for it. Uh, my first one was Mass Effect. I mean, that's what I would have said last week. What? I traded in Mass Effect after two hours. And then when Mass Effect 2 is coming out, Everyone was making a big deal about it. I'm like, I didn't give that game a shot. And it became like my favorite thing of all time. Now, did you play through the first one before the second one? Or did you? Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I was like, let me give this game another shot because people keep talking about two and I'm, I should try to. Mm-hmm. Um, but since Mass Effect's my answer for almost everything, I thought of a couple other games. Um, I tried the original God of War and I just could not, could not get into it. Mm-hmm. Went back to it years later and play through all three of the games like in a row i uh, really ended up enjoying it and um spider-man shattered dimensions which i've i've talked about on, previously on the show a long time ago uh i love spider-man games mm-hmm. but this was like a very linear one 
and I just couldn't get into it. I rem- I remember telling telling Eric like I just like I don't know like there's something about this game. It's it's neat. I don't I really enjoy playing it though. But it's Spider Man, so I'm gonna keep doing it. And then I hit the Deadpool level, and I was like, this is really cool. Like this is amazing. And then Eric's <laughs> like, it was like it was eight eight or nine levels into the game, and I was like, I really like this. And then like a year ago, I replayed the whole thing. I, it's awesome. like I think it's my favorite Spider Man game of all time. A uh, little fun fact from me about God of War. God of War 2 is actually probably my most, aside from Diablo, uh, God of War 2 is actually my most played and beaten video game of all time. I beat it seven times in a row. Just kept playing it over and over and over and over again, seven times before I moved on to the third one. I just, something about it. it, it, Part of that was getting the trophies. I kept screwing up whatever it was I needed to do to get them all. I have all the platinums for all of the the God of Wars. Wow! Um, but the the second one just hooked me, and I loved it. I loved the the introduction of of some of the new mechanics and weapons, uh, the story, and just the scope of it was was fantastic. Uh, Rob, uh, mine was Gears of War again. Like Justin said, first one came out. Like sure, it was revolutionary. It changed the industry. Tons of clones came out after. You know, pop and cover clones right afterwards. Chest eye walls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't doing it for me. And then when 2 came out, I was like, ah, whatever. You know, it's just going to be the same. Played it. Had a bunch of friends playing it. And then it just super turned me on to the series. Went back and played through the first one again. Found out I loved it. So Nice. Hmm. 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 Mine um, is actually super recent, and it uh, this was a hard question for me. I'm uh, very picky in what I pick up and what I buy. I mean, everybody picks up a stinker every now and again, but uh, I'm usually pretty thorough about what I end up playing. And uh, the game that I played recently that I really didn't care for in the very beginning uh, was Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U. I just I bought it, played it, didn't care at all couldn't get down on it and then we we played it over at jackie's house that one night with eight people that whole mess that was going on and that that was actually what really turned me off to the game was that eight player mode and i know everybody's having so much fun and yelling and screaming the best. And blah, blah, blah. i couldn't see a damn thing i couldn't see anything get your eyes I, checked. i kept losing like almost immediately i was at least like the first or second person out so i just had to sit there while everybody else was all having fun and i got like really burned by it. And I was like, fucking Smash Brothers. And then I got an Amiibo for Christmas. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use this thing. And I put it on my system and I booted up the game and I had a couple of friends over. And oh man, like it all, it all came back to me. Like why I used to love Super Smash, especially uh, Brawl was my favorite one and just fell in love with it all over again. And, and kind of just, remembered why that game is so much fun. I don't know if I would still be keen on the eight player mode, but it definitely, definitely um, turned around for me. And when we were, it's funny when we were doing our end of the year awards, I mean, I don't know how far it got in the multiplayer discussions, but uh, I was completely ready to go to bat for it, but it just, it just didn't get much traction once we started talking about destiny and other stuff. So it has great multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to to try eight again and just see now that I know how to play it better. Um, I might last a little bit longer. So nobody likes to lose. Yeah, I I suck in that game. I have fun with it anyway. Um, all right, we got questions. We got questions. Yeah. What do you got? Let's do uh, let's do one more. 
Um, there we had a question about packs uh, from our friend Harry, but we're gonna hold off on that till next week. Packs about less than a month away, so he asked us about um, tips for packs. But we'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more next week. Rob and I will get into a nice discussion about it because that could take a little bit on on some things that you should definitely check out and do. Uh, but we did have a question um, uh, from John Debrara, who's this John D on Twitter. And uh, there was news this week uh, that the, one of the creators of Toe Jam and Earl was like, "There's a new Toe Jam and Earl game coming, and we're gonna, yes, there we're gonna, we're gonna show it. We're gonna have more news in like three weeks, which coincidentally enough puts that right around the time of PAX. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something there. They said about that time that they were gonna, they were gonna be revealing some stuff. Yeah. If you guys get to either see. Or play oh, that, that's the a new fir- toe jam. If that is Earl. there, that is the first thing I'm playing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the roof. So basically, the question uh, was, what does a toe jam and Earl game in 2015 even resemble? And then he asks, like a journey esque multiplayer. That'd be awesome. Rob, mine is just the first game was perfection to me. That's all it needs to be. Just make new maps, stack them up again. Same elevators, same fall, five levels down and get split up. That's great. I love it. Yeah, That's no, all I need. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 110% with you on that. Um, obviously, updated graphics. Uh, keep that same, like, funky music. Just get the band back together. Try to, try to, you know, bring all of that back. I would love to have, like, all of the old villains back in the game with a whole mess of new ones. Just come up with a bunch of weird I mean, ass things. Yeah, basically, with I mean, you could do so many different things with Toad Jam and Earl. Like the two D game, what was it? Panic on Funkatron. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out. No. The third game didn't work out. There was there's a running Dreamcast version of a game that was never released, where it went back to like it's it's a it's Toad Jam and Earl one on like a three D space mm-hmm. um, with a with the spring shoes and everything. But honestly, I mean, so many games are taking advantage of nostal the nostalgia factor and having that you know, 8-bit or classic-looking game from, like, that NES to Genesis era. You take that first game, you make it bigger, you have the same ideas in mind, collecting rocket ship, uh, ship pieces on procedurally generated uh, levels. Yeah, especially Elevator. now with the stuff they could do. You could, yeah. you could make, the, I mean, and, and there's games that do something similar to this. What does this game look like? It looks like Don't Starve. Like, yeah. Don't Starve has that exact model of thing where it's like I'm in this world, you know, mm-hmm. running around looking for supplies. Like, sure, it's not a, save, a survival thing, but you take it like you could even make it look like Don't Starve. Mm-hmm. And then you have Toe Jam and Earl, and who knows, they could add a third character, and you could have three or four people playing at once. You could have drop-in, drop-out multiplayer, and you make the game bigger. Make it bigger, but retain that feeling of the original toe jam and Earl. It, it needs to have that three quarter camera though. It can't. Oh have... yeah. No, no, no. It, it can't <laughs> have anything else. Other than that. But don't starve has that, that three quarter camera. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. It, need, it needs that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, if you just take the first game, the first game is great. Like I know that we had people who were like on, on Twitter, like uh, Chuck saying like, I never saw the appeal of the game. Uh, okay. That's but, fine. I mean, everyone has I'm, their own opinions exactly. about it, no, but it's not okay. <laughs> it is. I'm kidding. But you know, like for me, that was like one of the defining games of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I played oh, it. We, I played it with one of my friends. The one that I always played it with, like six months ago on the PS3 before it died. Yep. And you, I mean, just take that game and and make it bigger and bring back the secret hot tub level and. Oh man. Farting in the elevator. It's great. Doing. You know what I want? I I think I might have mentioned this or I, I tweeted it at least. I would love some kind of a companion app for phones for mobile 
where it was just that old school like freestyle beats thing that they had where you just you press the corresponding button and you can do the the claps yeah. and all that stuff and just give me a thing where I can tap my screen and just yeah yeah jamming jamming like oh my god I would just sit there on my phone and play that for hours on the train just making beats and stuff like that but like if they're gonna do it is it the original it's the original people right yes yeah oh good well who knows like these are just words I need mm-hmm. to see. I need to see. Like, I need to see something before I get super excited about it. Until then, it's just words. What about like? Com- no, com- this got me super excited anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll make judgment, you know, until I see it. But I'm excited to yeah. see it. Oh, this is probably the most thing. The thing that I've been the most excited for announced in a long time. But it hasn't been announced. Like, I I get he's saying like, hey, we're making a new one. But like, I could be like, hey, I'm making a new Toe Jam and Earl, and everyone would be like, all right, well, I need to see it before I. But get the, excited what what yeah but what excites me is that when it was when they said hey we're gonna do this thing it was hey we're gonna do this thing and in about a month you're gonna get to see what we've been up to so i'm getting the impression that they've been kind of working on this on the down low i would be surprised like i would be surprised if we went to pax and saw something there if i i would i i expect to see like if they do have it something i expect to see like a very very bare bones minimum like lots of concept art you better text me right away pax has terrible service i won't be able to do that then take photos. Yeah, we're gonna take photos. Take photos and then tweet them yep. using Rob and me. Or like yeah. Rob and me next week, we'll talk a lot about packs and like if you're going to packs, like the question, some things to to be prepared for, and uh, we'll have a good discussion about that and maybe things that we're excited to see there that we know that's gonna be there. I know a few things that it's gonna be there. The schedule hasn't come out yet, um, but we'll 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 go over that in the next week or so. I I would really like the schedule to come out first, so maybe we could talk about it. But we, we do know that we're going to Giant Bomb on Friday night. Oh heck yeah. I hate there's no way <laughs> there's no way i'm not that's awesome that's so cool um special edition comic-con anybody going no nah. i didn't go last year so all right i'll then i'll go screw okay. you both <laughs> okie dokie all righty so that's gonna do it for the talking game podcast blah 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 talking games podcast this week uh if you want to get in touch with us we are at talking underscore games on twitter uh if you want to Email us. It's talkinggamespc at gmail.com. Long form stuff. Send it on over. Uh, again, the Facebook is facebook.com slash talkinggamespc. And uh, check out our cavalcade of podcasts. We've got the Talking Comics podcast. We just discussed everything uh, news wise Spidey coming over to the MCU. Um, New 52's convergence into the new New 52 or whatever the hell it is that they're going to end up calling it uh, and all kinds of other good stuff. So that's uh, TalkingComicBooks.com and at TalkingComics on Twitter. Uh, Check out the Misfits podcast. They are at the underscore Misfits. Uh, There's also the Talking Movies podcast with Brian Verderosa is at Movies Talking on Twitter. Uh, And we also have Talking Valiant with Adam Shaw. That is at Talking Valiant on Twitter. And uh, like I said, next week, uh, I will not be here, but Rob and Justin and I believe Jackie will be back at the helm. And uh, maybe we even find a way to fill the uh, the chair in my absence. That would be fantastic. Yes, it would. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us uh, personally on Twitter, my handle is at dead underscore anchorus, Rob. At dusk 1020. And I am at Joroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. And uh, if you want to reach out to Jackie, hers is at Jackie Turner, uh, J-A-C-Q-U-I, 
T-U-R-N-E-R. There you go. My phone's going off. I could feel it in my in the back of my pants. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we will catch you next time. Oh, <laughs>